Welcome to Glory Stories with Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn was one of the top eye surgeons in America and has traveled to many countries in the world preaching the Word of God. She also opened up an eye surgery center in Beijing, China, where she did free eye surgery on those in need. Dr. Vaughn will be sharing many of her personal experiences from God. In addition, you will hear of others that have known God in an intimate way and seen His miracle-working power. As you hear about how God has worked in the lives of others, our hope is that you will be changed forever. Get ready for God to heal you, deliver you, and transform your life as you sit back and enjoy these glory stories. Welcome to Glory Stories. Today I'm going to tell you one of the most amazing miracles that you've ever heard of in your whole life. I'm going to start the story in Africa. I was in Africa not too long ago, and I was with a small group of people. And one morning the, the leader of the group started talking about a Phil Donahue show, which was many, many years ago. Some of you may remember that show on American television. Anyway, a Phil Donahue show. And he said that uh, on this show they were highlighting a man who could see without an eye and that there was an eye, eye surgeon on that show to corroborate the miracle. Well, I was sitting at the table when the leader was talking about this and I was astounded because that was me. I'm this eye surgeon that was there on the Phil Donahue show. And he was astonished that I was the surgeon and I was astonished that he was talking about this. I mean, the show, Phil Donahue's show, was probably 35 years before that. And why would he, in the middle of Africa, be talking about this particular show out of all the trillions of shows that have been made in all those years and speaking of it right there? So anyway, when he found out that I was the surgeon that was there, he asked me to tell the story about Ronald Cohen. So I'm going to tell you the story about Ronald Cohen. It's very phenomenal. I was in a church that invited a lot of different people to the church, and I'm so glad they did because it gave us in the congregation an opportunity to see a lot of the different miracles God was doing. So this one day uh, in my church, they had a man named Ronald Cohen, and this is what happened to him. When he was a young boy, he had had an accident where one of his eyes was damaged so severely that he had to take the, they had to take the eye out. So they put a, a prosthesis, you know, a plastic or a glass eye in its place. This is many years ago. So the eye they put in there, the false eye, it didn't really move very well like the ones we have today. But anyway, he had a, a, a false, uh, you know, a plastic, let's say plastic eye. And so he was, he was still a young boy. His mother took him to a meeting one night where there was a, a, someone praying for people that were sick, a lady, actually a lady evangelist. And so she said, Ronnie, go down there. You have a sore throat. Go down and let the lady pray for your sore throat. So Ronnie goes down to the lady, and she prays for his sore throat. When he was getting ready to leave, he turned to go, and the woman noticed that one of his eyes was not straight. She had no idea he didn't have an eye. She just noticed it wasn't straight. So she says, wait a minute, wait a minute, son. She said, uh, one of your eyes is not straight. What's the matter with it? He said, well, I'm blind in one eye which wasn't the whole story, but that's what he told the lady. So she said, well, come back here. We'll pray for you, and God will make you see. You know, curing blindness is no problem for God. 
So he went back and the woman prayed over his eye, Lord, make him see perfectly out of this eye. And so Ronnie went back to his seat and uh, in a minute he was tugging on his, his mother's dress and he said, Mother, I can see. And she says, Oh, I know, Ronnie, you can see. Now be quiet, the meeting's going on. Because he still had one good eye, so of course he can see. Well, in a few more minutes, he tugged on her again, Mama, but I can see. And she realized that he was talking about seeing out of the eye that wasn't even there, the, the eye that they t surgically removed it from his body. Well, that began a life for Ronald Cohen, testifying about the miracle working power of God. So when I met him, he was a man, a full-grown man, and, and he came to my church, as I mentioned, and he could take the plastic eye out and you could see, they invited me to come down and examine him. Since I'm an eye surgeon, they thought, you know, I'm a good person to examine him. So I was down there. You could take the plastic out, and it's an empty orbit. There's nothing in there. There's no eye tissue at all in this orbit. It's an empty orbit. Or he could put the glass eye back in. It didn't matter. There wasn't an eye either way. And then he would take a man's handkerchief and fold it like 16 times where you couldn't possibly see through it. He would put it over his good eye and tape that uh, man's handkerchief down with a whole roll of adhesive tape. He would invite anybody in the audience that wanted to come and tape it down, make sure it was taped down real well. So when they invited me to come down, of course, I get tape and I make sure that there's no space where he could be seeing out of his good eye. He was just seeing with no eyeball. And anybody in the audience could bring anything to him to read social security numbers, a driver's license, credit card, it didn't matter, and he'd hold it with no, with no eye. I'm here to tell you I saw this myself. With no eye, he could read every, every name on there, every number on there, maybe 16 digits, you know how long numbers are on cards, and he could read every one of those things with no eyeball in, no eyeball whatsoever. So Phil Donahue, is going to highlight him on the Phil Donahue show. Ronald Coyne is not there. They show a short clip of Ronald Coyne showing this miraculous thing. And, uh, you know, they invite R.W. Schambach, which was a famous evangelist at that time. Schambach is the one who's going to be the main uh, featured person on that show. And they give all the tickets in the Phil Donahue auditorium to Shambach and whoever he wants to give them to. So he gives them to all of his church people. So that particular Phil Donahue show was filled with people that are from Shambach's church. And here's Shambach, the main person. And now they have a, a clip, a photo clip of Ronald Cohen reading without an eye. And so Phil Donahue comes to me and asks me about that. And I said, yes, I, I, I'm the one that examined. I did examine him. And yes, he can see without an eye. Well, you know, in the natural, that sounds ridiculous because it's totally impossible. You know, you can't see without an eye. And everybody knows that. So to Phil Donahue and, and probably a lot of you, it, of course it's impossible. But the thing that you have to realize is that with God, there's nothing that's impossible. There's nothing that's impossible. I mean, if you, there's a, there's a story in a Bible. Some of you may not know the Bible at all, so I'm going to briefly tell you the story. But the man's name was Lazarus, and he died. And they called Jesus, actually, when he was sick and said, can you come? Because Jesus was healing whoever had whatever kind of diseases, Jesus was healing them. It's no problem for him, whatever they had. Uh, even once a leper came to him and said, Lord, if you, 
if you, if you will, he said, I know you can if you will. And Jesus said, he, he's talking about healing the leper. And Jesus says, I will. And he reached out and he touched the leper. Now, you know, at that point, leprosy, you, you, never, you never want to touch somebody with a leprosy because it's a highly contagious disease. But Jesus touched him and he made the leper well. I mean, there's nothing impossible to Jesus. So, okay, so back to Lazarus. So, so they, called, they called Jesus and they said, come and heal our brother because he's dying. Well, Jesus delayed for a while knowing good well that Lazarus was going to die because he knew that if Lazarus died, that God could raise him from the dead through Jesus, and that would be a greater glory to God. So he, he detained his coming until when he did finally come, Lazarus had been dead for four days and been in the grave, in grave clothes and, you know, in the grave four days. And so they're crying. They're saying, oh, if you had just come earlier, you could have made our brother well. And, and, he, and he, he reminds them that nothing is impossible. He says, he says, take the stone away from the grave site. Back then they put them in like little caves and rolled a stone in front of it. So he said, roll the stone away from the grave site. So they did. And Jesus stands there and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And so Lazarus, now being dead four days, you know what that, one of the sisters said, he stinks, he stinks, he's rotten. You know, he's decayed and rotten. Yes, of course, a, a body is decayed and rotten. They didn't embalm him then like they do now. He would be rotten and dead and, and stinking, stinking. But he, Lazarus walks out of the grave and Jesus tells them to take the grave cloths off of him. And, and he's made totally well and normal when he's been dead for four days. So if Jesus can make rotten eyes to see that are obviously dead for four days, why can't he make Ronald Cohen see without an eye? If he can make Lazarus walk on dead legs that have been rotten and dead for four days, obviously he can, he can make anything that's dead or dying or even gone. He, nothing's impossible with Jesus. So Ronald Cohen could see if you know, if you know Jesus and you know that he can do impossible things. He's a God of the impossible. If you realize that, then you understand that, of course, he can make Ronald see with that an eye. He can do anything. He can do anything. So here Ronald Cohen is on Phil Donahue's show, and, Ronald Co and Phil Donahue's saying how impossible that is, and he says to me, well, why, why doesn't Ronald Cohen use some other method of covering his good eye? Uh, I said, well, that's, you know, I don't know. That's the way he's always done it. He says, well, don't you think you're a little intellectually lazy by not wanting him to use some other method of covering his eyes? So I told Phil Donahue, I said, look, you could put two bed sheets around the man's head and he'd still read anything you brought to in front of him, which is the truth. The kind of occlusion you use is irrelevant. He sees with an eye that's not there. But you have to believe that God is, that he exists, that Jesus Christ is still alive, and he's still doing miracles like this today. So I told that story in Africa to the leader and to the group that was there that day. And so the leader tells me, he said, we're having a conference here with, with ministers from all over Africa. Would you tell that story tomorrow morning to the ministers' conference? I said, sure. So I told them the story about Ronald Cohen. And then he, the leader says to me, uh, every night we were having big crusades, where open-air crusades where there were, I don't know, 
a thousand people or maybe more, I don't really know, thousands of people were there in open air field every night for crusades. They were standing there for four, four and a half hours standing there, sometimes standing in the rain, standing there because they want to hear about Jesus. So he asked me, would you tell the story of Ronald Cohen at the open air meeting at night? And I said, I sure will. So I told the story and of course, I'm sure everybody was amazed, just like I'm amazed and you're probably amazed too that such a thing could even happen, but it did happen. So I didn't know until later that night, people were sharing what they had, what they had heard and seen in the crusade and oh, we saw many wonderful things. We saw, we saw blind eyes that were opened. We saw a deaf woman that couldn't hear a thing and all of a sudden, by the power of Jesus Christ, she could hear. She couldn't speak very well because she never heard any sounds to learn how to speak, but she'll learn how to speak. We saw a lady that had multiple sclerosis and couldn't walk at all. And the next, she was, that night, the Spirit of God moved on her in the name of Jesus. She was healed of the multiple sclerosis. And the next night, she was back there dancing at the crusade. So we got to see wonderful things that God did. So anyway, that night after the meeting, we were sharing about the things that we had seen and heard during the crusade. And one of the, one of the men says, he said that there was a Muslim man in the crusade that night. And this Muslim man told him, he said, when that lady told that story about Ronald Cohen, he said, I, I wanted to, it made me want to get saved. It made me want to accept Jesus, this healer, this miracle worker. Made me want to have Jesus. How do I have Jesus in my life? So they start explaining to him that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that whosoever would call upon him, you know, would be saved. They start quoting scripture and the man interrupts. He says, no, 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 I don't want to know those things. I just want to know, how do I do this? How do I get saved? I want Jesus in my life right now. And so they, they lead him in a prayer of salvation. And after he, after he prays the prayer of salvation and receives Jesus in his heart, then he said, you know, I need to have a different name. I don't want a Muslim name anymore. I want to have a Christian name. So they give him a name, a Christian name. And uh, so it, just hearing that story about Ronald Cohen changed that whole man's life. And I imagine it changes your life too. If you have trouble believing that it's the truth, I can just tell you, I do not lie. I do not make up these stories I'm telling you are all real stories that I have personally seen and known about in my life. And this is the truth. Jesus is a miracle worker. So whatever it is that, that you're Facing, facing in your life that seems like an absolute brick wall. It seems like something totally and absolutely impossible. I'll tell you, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. I'll tell you another story. There was, there was a lady once that, well, it, this is a, a story about the life, uh, or it happened during the life of Smith Wigglesworth. They called him to go see this woman that was in dying condition. So he went into the room where the, where the woman was. She was in her home. He didn't really know what was the matter with the woman, but he could tell that she was really on the verge of dying because she was taking breaths, barely breathing. And 
he could tell that she was just on the verge of dying. And so he prays. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Which I think that's a point that we need to pause on just a minute. Because too many times we go into a situation and we don't take time and ask God what he says we should do. And I think that's why sometimes prayers don't have good results or don't have any results is because we're not doing what God wants to have done. But we need to do what Smith Wigglesworth did and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And so the Lord told him an unusual thing. He said, I want you to start reading Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. That's one of the books in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 53. So he, begin, he goes to his Bible, he prays, he begins reading Isaiah 53. When he gets to the fifth verse of Isaiah 53, you know, that verse, that, that verse is saying, he says, he was wounded, it's talking about Jesus, he said he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. When it got to that fifth verse and said, by his stripes we are healed, the woman sits up in the bed and she says, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed. And she was totally healed because Wigglesworth obeyed God and read that short verse of scripture. The reason that she was healed like that is because uh, the night before she had had a vision and in the vision she saw this man coming in who was with Smith Wigglesworth. She saw the man coming in. She saw the man praying. She saw the man open his Bible and begin reading out of Isaiah. And when he got to the fifth verse of Isaiah 53, where it said, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. In her vision, she was healed at that moment in time. And so as Wigglesworth came in and enacted that vision that God had given her the night before, she was healed at that very moment in time. Doesn't that tell you something about how God could trust Smith Wigglesworth to obey him? Because the night before, he told the woman that he would be coming in. He told the woman he would open his Bible and begin reading. He told the woman what, what Smith Wigglesworth would be reading. That means that, that God trusted Smith Wigglesworth enough to tell the lady in advance what he was going to do because Smith Wigglesworth obeyed the Lord in everything. He prayed what to do and he did what God told him to do. To me, that's amazing. I, I, what, don't you want to be that kind of person that God can trust you so much that he can tell somebody what you're going to be doing tomorrow because he knows tomorrow he's going to tell you to do a certain thing and he knows for sure you're going to do it. That says an awful lot to me about a person. That's the kind of person that I want to be. So this woman was wonderfully healed. See, miracles, miracles. And they can, they can happen to every one of us. Now, you may not understand that verse of Scripture. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. It, it, see, this is what happened. When they, were, when they took Jesus and they were crucifying Jesus, they like put him, they tied him to a, a whipping board, a whipping stand, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And they would take a whip that had nine, nine lashes on the end of the whip, and they would put pieces, sharp pieces of things at the end of each of those nine pieces. So every time that they whipped him, it would not only leave stripes on his back, but it would tear the tissue 
of his back, the skin, the muscles, the ligaments, down into his rib cage and, and rip the flesh off of him. And then they would whip him again. And they, they kept whipping him and whipping him like that with those stripes they were putting on him. At the time they were doing that, he was taking the sickness that you have onto himself because he could look through the tunnel of time and he could see you. He could see the sickness that's on you, the disease, the malady that's on you. And he said, I love you so much that I will allow them to put these stripes on me so that you could be healed. So if you believe that Jesus Christ, like the scripture just, that I just read, he was wounded for your transgressions. Transgressions means sin. He was bruised for your iniquities. Iniquities means sin. If you believe that he died for your sins, which he did, he shed his blood that was strong enough to wipe away your sins. If you believe that he died for your sins, in the same verse of scripture, in the same sentence, it says, by his stripes you were healed, which means you're just as healed as you are saved. How do you get saved? By faith, by faith in God's word, by faith in God, by faith in what Jesus did for you. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. How are you healed? You're healed by faith in the word of God. You're healed by faith for what Jesus did for you. Both of them, you, you receive healing and salvation the same way, by faith in Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to tell you another wonderful story. Another African story. This was one night that I was invited, along with a few other people, a small group of us, we were invited to come and speak to a group of prostitutes. Uh, we learned later that one of the pastors, one of the African pastors, had gone to a woman who owned a bar, and he asked her, how much would it cost to rent this bar from you tonight? She said, well... If I had the bar open, I'd make $200. So he said, okay, I'll pay you $200. He paid the woman $200 and rented the bar for the night. He put chairs in there and invited as many prostitutes as would come to come to that bar that night. So 53 prostitutes were in that bar that night when we came. He invited, the pastor invited us to come. And he asked me to minister to those women. And so I did. You know, I explained something to them in, in a way that God has shown it to me. It makes it very simple. It's as if there was a blackboard in heaven and it had your name at the top of the blackboard. And on that blackboard, it had every wrong thing that you've ever done written on the blackboard. It had every wrong thing you've ever said written on the blackboard. It had every thing you've ever wrong that you ever thought was written on the blackboard. So, I mean, some of us would have to have giant, giant blackboards because of all the sinful things that we've, that we've done, that we've said, and that we've thought, all filling that blackboard. Now, if you died in that state and you came before God and he looks at the blackboard with your name on it, he, you know, in his heart he's going to say, I loved you. I, I created you for me to love you. And I, I created you to have you in heaven with me for all eternity. However, 
you never accepted my son Jesus Christ and so all of these sins are on your blackboard and I'm a holy God and you're full of, your life is full of sin. I can't accept you here. You're going to have to go the other direction which is not a direction that, we, that anybody wants to go which is a direction to hell. You, you know, nobody, God doesn't want you to go there either. The Bible says he's not willing that anyone would perish. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He wants every human being ever created to come live in heaven with him. But it's entirely up to us whether we accept Jesus or not. Okay, on the other hand, if you accept Jesus as your Savior, if you know that the blood of Jesus has erased your sins, what happens, it's like they take a cloth, they dip it in the blood of Jesus, and they erase every single sin on your blackboard so that God, in the mind of God, if he looks at your blackboard now, you've never done anything wrong. You, you've never said anything wrong. You've never even thought anything wrong. All of your sins from your whole life have been erased by the blood of Jesus. So he says to you now, come on in. I want you to be with me. I want you to spend the rest of eternity in heaven with me. Eternity means there's no more time. There's no more days, weeks, months, years. There's no more time. It's forever. It's beyond our cap- comprehension, actually. But come and be in heaven with me simply because you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and you've had your sins washed away. So I explained that to these women, and I explained to them, it doesn't matter that they're prostitutes. See, it doesn't matter what you've been doing in your life either. I mean, you could be a drug dealer. In fact, you're, you're, I, I know the drug dealer out there watching this right now, and you know that's not right. You know that leads people into wrong things and destroys their lives, and yet you've been doing it. It's God still loves you. Whatever you've been doing, God still loves you. And he's still willing to erase all the sins from your life. If you'll ask him to forgive you, you ask him to forgive you. It's called repent. You repent. You ask him to forgive you that you're sorry that you acted the way you did. You're you're sorry and you want him to erase your blackboard and give you a brand new start. And you know what? He's so happy to do that. He, it makes him so happy to be able to do that. And then, you know, you, you've told him you'll, you'll start. A, he's given you a brand new life, a brand new chance. So it's your time then to do what's right, to, I'm going to tell you, read your Bible and find out what God is saying. The Bible is God's word. Read God's word and see what God is, is see who he is. That's how you learn who he is. If you read the biography of a person, you find out who, he, who that person is. You find out all about them. You read the Bible, you'll find all about God. Go to a good church where they're, where they're preaching from the Word of God. Get yourself in fellowship with right people, with good people, wholesome people, Christian people, and make a decision in your heart that from that time you're going to follow God. You're going to turn your life over to Him and follow God with all your heart. Well, when I explained that to this room of 53 prostitutes, and I said, how many of you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? I saw every hand that I could see in the room was raised. And I hope you're raising your hand now too. I led them in a short prayer. In fact, let's just say a short prayer right now. You say it with me. You mean it from your heart because you're saying this prayer to God, not to me. You're saying it to God. Say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash all of my sins away by the blood of Jesus. I accept Jesus as the Son of God. I receive him as my Lord and my Savior, and I give you my life, Jesus. I want to follow you from this moment on. 
I want to be yours. I ask you to do these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you said that prayer from your heart, now you belong to God. You are his child. And believe me, he's, he's building you a beautiful mansion in heaven, more beautiful than anything that you could ever dream of. There's no more sorrow there, no more pain, no more disease. People there love one another. And that's the home that he's prepared for you because he knew that you'd pray this prayer today. This very day you'd pray this prayer and you'd become one of his, his very own children. So know that he loves you now. He's taking you into his arms of love and that every minute, every minute of the rest of your life, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you forever. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed these stories of the glory of God. We believe that each story we tell will help build your faith and help to bring a miracle into your life. For more information about this program and Dr. Elizabeth Vaughn, visit her website at godsinstrument.com, her YouTube channel at Glory Stories Now, or write her at Elizabeth Vaughn Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 454, Argyle, Texas, 76226, USA.